Welcome to CS Radio. Hey everyone, welcome to episode 98 of CS Radio. I'm J. Michael DeAngelis. And I'm Amy Lynn Kirshner. Amy Lynn, it's the most wonderful time of the year. <laughs> it's Halloween. Our favorite excuse for a themed episode. <laughs> Absolute favorite. <laughs> What's scary today, Michael? You know, honestly, it seems like the world is getting scarier and scarier. I can't argue with that. One thing that doesn't have to be scary, though, is your career search. Is everything about your job and internship search. That's right. Or your application to graduate school. Look, look, let's be honest. It is scary. It is scary. scary. Anything when you're going into the unknown is scary and it's stressful. But there are things that we can do to make this just a little less scary or maybe like scary fun, like Halloween. And we're going to talk about some surprising resources that could help you. Not surprising like being touched by a ghost at behind the, the terror behind the walls well, experience. I don't want no, no, no. I don't want that. <laughs> Monsters, ghouls jumping out at you behind. It is terrifying, it seems. So not surprising like that. Surprising in a good way. So you probably think about career services when you think about resources to help with your job and internship search. I mean, I hope you do. Not everyone does. We hope that you do. If you're listening to this show, let's assume that you do. That's fair. Tell your friends who might not think that. But there are some other resources on campus that can be super helpful as well. On campus, online, there are many ways to get more information about your search, and we're going to talk about some of those today. So obviously there's many facets of your search. I meet with a lot of international students who have questions about their OPT and CPT and finding jobs that will consider sponsorship. Remember that ISSS is a really good resource resource for that as well. International Student and Scholar Services, you should definitely be checking in with them. They're going to be the experts about how your major can correlate with the experience and how tightly it needs to do so. So any questions regarding a full-time search or how internships may translate into a full-time opportunity with sponsorship, ISSS, absolutely check in with an advisor there. Sometimes students will say, yeah, I checked in with them at the beginning when I first got here, circle back. Definitely, if you're doing a search, check back in with ISSS if you're an international student. Some place that I think may not come to your mind when thinking about your career search is your college house. Obviously, uh, a lot of students live in the college house system here at Penn, and there's a lot of great reasons to do that. Some of it is programmatic. We know that many of our partners in the college houses offer their own sort of resume and cover letter workshops. We often go over there and partner with them on those sorts of events. So keep your eye out for career-related events like that in your college house. But also, there are so many wonderful programs being offered in the college houses by the house deans and the faculty fellows who also bring in other guest speakers. You can learn a lot about different careers just by going to these events and listening to people talk about their career paths. As I've mentioned on the show before, I worked for the College House System for a little while, and we brought in so many interesting people. We brought in the owner of Fork, the wonderful Old City restaurant, and learned all about her career. We brought in a chocolatier. Um, It was a very, it was the (laughs) year of food for the academic theme year, so I brought in a lot of great food people, but we brought in a chocolatier who had just an amazing background. He was a businessman who just fell in love with chocolate and talked about, you know, going to all these exotic places to source cocoa. It was really exciting. I mean, that sounds Um, like an excellent excellent career. Um, But I also, on the really famous scale, we brought in Terry Jones of Monty Python, (gasps) who has like a side career as a historian. Um, So he actually 
actually came and he gave a great presentation on why Richard III is just a misunderstood figure in history and how he's been villainized and just like super interesting stuff. So you can learn things both intellectually but also practically for your career search through the College House system. And a lot of those uh, events you don't necessarily have to live in the house to go to just have to have to your pen card and go and go amazing watch out for those and then of course the other great thing about a college house is that you're in a residence hall with a lot of other students who are in a similar situation so you can always be pooling your resources and be talking to one another about your your job search and maybe you know swap tips and be like oh you know i was in career services and i talked to jingy and she said this and then oh well i talked to me lynn and she mentioned this you know well i listened to cs radio this week and they were mentioning that we should go do this like so you know just being in proximity of people in the same situation is a big help and can definitely make things feel less scary if you're in it together. Totally. Speaking of scary, I know that reaching out to senior people for networking opportunities can feel even more aggressive and awkward than reaching out to someone who's graduated recently. But if they've come, whether they're an alum or not, and spoken at a college house program, it might be much easier to send that email and say, hey, I loved learning about your history side gig. We talk about how, you know, and and intro it that way. So all of those speakers could potentially be leveraged as networking connections later, or just more information in in an additional conversation for sure. I also feel like we need to talk about the libraries. Penn's library system is incredible. And of course, you probably know about checking out books related to research you're doing or you know maybe hopefully even doing interlibrary loan for things that we don't have in our own collection but there's also some excellent career specific resources amazing career specific resources specifically through uh, Lippincott Library absolutely some Lippincott librarians came and spoke with us in our staff meeting the other day they've done it before each time I'm amazed by all of the things that they offer technical things like Bloomberg terminals so you can get some practice with that I had no idea they had a Bloomberg terminal there that is so cool so helpful, but even new subscriptions that can really help you focus. And they have a ton of research guides too, business research guides across industries. So some of the things you'd expect, accounting, finance, consulting, but also media, media industry, pharmaceutical industry, real estate, retail, uh, even nonprofit, the nonprofit sector. So those research guides are fantastic. And one of the new subscriptions that they're particularly excited about is PitchBook. I was super impressed by this. This is a treasure trove of information. Absolutely. So anything in the startup VC space, take a look at PitchBook. You have free access to it. You just need to pen key authenticate. But I think even more to the point here, all these things can be searched online. If you're studying abroad this semester, you can still access them. But critically, the librarians themselves are so helpful. Even if you don't know where to get started, that's a great time to talk to a librarian. And they are also available online. Exactly. You can chat with them. Their available office hours are listed. It's so easy to get in touch with a Lippincott librarian, and they can point you to the wealth of resources that can help you with the job search. Obviously, it's business-focused, but that doesn't mean that only Wharton students can use it. Oh, They're no, it's absolutely open, open to Open to absolutely everyone, so don't be intimidated just because business is in there. Again, they have industries across the board, and the librarians are so, so eager to help you, so check in there for sure. Milan. Michael. I need you to get a grip. Grip. It is just about that time. Tell me, I... I know next to nothing about GRIP. Well, it stands for the Global Research and Internship Program. GRIP offers the opportunity to intern or conduct research at one of more than 35 organizations across 25 countries. So a huge wealth of options of places to apply through GRIP. And I love what Penn Abroad has done with this. They have really codified and made the applications for opportunities 
abroad in the summer a very clear, tangible thing that students can apply to. So applications, I believe, opened last week that you can start to search for what's available this summer. The deadline is January 5th, so a little bit of time to get those applications ready. But you can apply to, I just spoke with a student, she's Vagelos, wants an opportunity to work abroad. Obviously, the demanding rigors of the Vagelos academic requirements might not allow her a semester abroad. So she wants to take advantage of a summer to do so. And GRIP is the perfect way to do that. Penn puts together these programs. There's a variety of things. Some are directly with an employer. Some Penn facilitates more directly. But opportunities to go all over the world during the summer with Penn's support helping you with those nitty-gritty odds and ends that sometimes you don't want to manage on your own, like visas and all of those administrative details. So GRIP is fantastic. Beyond the programs that have the January 5th deadline, GRIP also has funding. Penn Abroad has GRIP funding. It's called the same thing, where you can get just funds if you have found or secured your own opportunity abroad but need a little bit of help financially getting there. Uh, That deadline is later in March. Uh, So there's funding as well as specific programs, ways to get abroad during the summer. So here's a place that is an unexpected resource, but when I say the title, you'd be like, oh, well, that makes perfect sense. It's the Student Employment Office. Yes. Now, I think most people, when they think about that, they're just thinking, well, that's work-study jobs. And that if I'm looking for other kind of work, I should just look at Handshake and hit up career services. But Student Employment Office, they do have a couple of other different kinds of opportunities. I'm so glad you mentioned it. I think that some students who aren't eligible for work study may not even know about the Office of Student Employment. If you're eligible for work study, you kind of, you know, you go there naturally because you're looking for a way to secure that part of your your scholarship package or your your financial aid package. But not everything on there is work study. Some are, some things are certainly. Our office really only hires students who are eligible for work study. But some organizations have a preference, but it's not required. And others don't care at all, especially in a lot of research spaces. The thing I really like about the Office of Student Employment is that there's a clear contact listed. So especially in research areas where you find a lab or a specific topic you're interested in learning more about or contributing to research regarding, you can do the search through the Office of Student Employment and find the person who's hiring for it. And whether, I even say to students, even if the posting is for the spring semester, you could still reach out and say, do you know if you'll still need someone for the summer? I'm going to be available in the summer. You can start those conversations. Often they are professors, so you need to be maybe persistent in following up with them. But there is kind contact info listed and you can find a wealth of things available um, at Penn if you wanted to stay here during the summer or if you wanted to enhance your resume during the academic year whether or not you're eligible for work study absolutely remember to take advantage of the people you're meeting with as well so I think you can think about professors and TAs or those professionals as only an academic resource, but they're absolutely a career resource as well. Be mindful that obviously professors are often most versed in academic job search potentially, but in a lot of spaces that's not even the case. So take advantage of their own work experience. Sometimes they'll be coming from nonprofit backgrounds, for example, or business backgrounds themselves. So leverage those conversations to learn about their experience. And sometimes I get insight like or questions about, I really like this topic, but I don't know how it translates to work that's not in academia. Your professor might have the academic angle on it, but they also probably have memories of students who've gone on to do something cool after. So they could even be the liaison to some pen people who have continued impressive work in that field in creative and unusual ways. And your TAs too have definitely been through experience 
whether that was applying to graduate school or maybe they're still an undergrad and they've had some internship experience. Absolutely. So definitely connect with them, you know, get some peer advice. Yeah, for sure. TAs are often selected because they're really good at giving feedback and, you know, approachable. So take advantage of that and leverage their experiences as well. So there are plenty of on-campus places that offer surprise and career support. But what about some online resources? I mean, we've talked about Lippincott's online offerings, but what about some things in the online space that we haven't mentioned yet? Yeah, you definitely don't need to be on campus to take advantage of some surprising resources. We have talked a little bit on this podcast about a newer tool we like called Career Explorer. I think that this is such a helpful tool that can really take out some of the scary aspect of going what's next because you have no idea. The big picture just seems so overwhelming. You don't even know where to begin weeding things out or starting to make those choices. Career Explorer, through robust series of questions, can help focus you and give you some ideas of places to start. Even though they're not prescriptive, doesn't mean you have to do those things. It could give you a good jumping off point so you can get that inertia started, start moving, start exploring some things, and then go from there. So Career Explorer is definitely something you can do over a break, for example, or while you're away from campus. We have a lot of resources that we use when prepping for this show um, online. We have a couple of career websites and blogs that offer really great advice that we would love to direct you to. One we pull from a lot is The Muse. That's a personal favorite of me, Lens. I subscribe. I get emails from them. They're great. And talk about what kind of topics they cover, because it's pretty broad. I mean, truly everything. So, again, in preparation for this, I looked up, like, scary job search, and there's so many articles. It's just a known truth that this is a scary process, even just getting started, which can feel like not the case at Penn, because it feels like everyone is doing it. Everyone is searching for the job, but that can make it even scarier if you're not in the space yet to do so. So there was a short story about that on the Muse, a lot of listicles about essential things for a resume or things to keep in mind for an interview. Just like career services, they really consider the entire job and internship search process. So from identifying places, from determining your, your interests, like through a career explorer type of thing, Muse has articles related to that, all the way through to essential pieces of a negotiation, ways to successfully negotiate for more money or for more flexibility or whatever those things may be. So I love the Muse. They also do have links to some specific opportunities as well. So one-stop shop Right. in addition to us. I was going to say another solid blog, career blog is way up. They cover a lot of different careers and pre-grad stuff. But what is possibly surprising about that is that they also, they have a very robust job board and Penn students have access to that for free. Uh, through the Career Services website, you can search your way up, and we occasionally cross-post with them as well. Um, their blog is integrated into Uconnect, which is the system that powers our blog. So occasionally, if I see something that's really insightful, I'll I'll cross-post it on our on our site. Yeah, great call there. And of course, there's podcasts. Yeah, surprising. I usually think of podcasts for news for some fiction potentially, but also good for career resources as well. Yes. Two of our colleagues recently posted blogs about the podcast that they like to listen to. Ariana, who's one of our pre-med, uh, pre-grad advisors, posted just today about her favorite blogs. And one of the, 
podcast, excuse me, and one that she is highly recommending is called Dear Pre-Med, and it is an advice podcast for people that are getting ready to apply to medical school. It just sounds really great. I'm going to be checking that out and maybe learn a little bit more about the pre-med process myself for when we talk about it. That sounds super helpful. Our, our operations coordinator, Robin, over the summer made a great list of motivational and career-related podcasts that he likes to listen to. And one that I can also recommend that's on his favorite list is the TED Radio Hour. Great call. Great call there. You know, Ted famous for getting really condensed, concise information and just on a variety of topics. People talk about their career paths all the time on that. And I think you can learn a lot of really surprising and insightful things. I also will plug the New York Times career section, which they will occasionally also do a podcast on. Now, that is not a regular section. It's like twice monthly, but we pull from that all the time. And again, it's getting like in-depth information about the job search or about a particular industry, about way things are changing that I think it may not be the first thing you think of to look at, but you can get some real insight into the job search through the Times career section and other papers offer similar. Also, Google. No, I'm just kidding. Obviously, Google doesn't seem that surprising. However, I think that in smart combinations, you could potentially unearth some things that you might not have naturally found, particularly professional associations. I think sometimes students assume, oh, I have to be in that space in order to join a professional association. It's really not the case. They're often eager to have current students contribute and participate in those networking events. Sometimes they have job boards. So the career services website has some links to those things, but obviously smart Googling can work as well. Not that that's that surprising, but again, be creative in your searches and find some things that could be really specifically helpful for you. So whether you're on campus or off, whether you're a Penn student or just out there in the world, there are a lot of things that can help you make this job and graduate school search a lot less scary. But do you know what's terrifying me, Lynn? That we're breathing all over the episode 100? Well, that is terrifying. And even more terrifying is we don't have any idea what we're going to do to <laughs> It'll celebrate. It'll be a surprise to us all. No. Uh, That's scary. I, this Halloween, Halloween oh. season, yes, they've changed the Butterfinger recipe. Oh, no. That's not scary. That's just tragic. I, I haven't tried it yet, but I heard it on a podcast last night, and I feel like I have to run out and try this. I love Butterfinger, and that is the that's a prime Halloween trick-or-treat. peak Halloween. If you get a Butterfinger, that goes in the good pile. And if you get oh, so a full-size Butterfinger, you're a king. But are now, we gonna... I, well, we're going to go to Wawa and get us some Butterfingers. You have to try it. Yep. We'll so, report in. Yep. So find, uh, find us next week on CS Radio. This podcast is produced by the University of Pennsylvania Career Services Office, a division of the Vice Provost for University Life. Your hosts are Amy Lynn Kirshner and J. Michael DeAngelis. It's produced, mixed, and edited by Karen Yang. We'll see you right here next time on CS Radio.